0: Hey everyone, Jason here. I am uh, once again hosting Sea Road Community Podcast and on the line with me today is one of our international missionaries, Ryan Schmitz. Ryan, hello mi amigo. Hola, ¿cómo están? How are you? Bien, bien. <laughs> that's it. I can order tacos sort of
1: but hey, that's, that's about all thing. I got
0: for Spanish. You're Thank not you going to so start much for being here, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to start. <laughs> that's a wonderful thing. Thanks once again for being here with us here today. Sea uh, Road family, what we're going to be doing is just firing some rapid fire questions at Ryan and you're going to get to know a little bit more about him and his family and all that good stuff. So Ryan, here's number one. Tell us a little bit about who you are, your family, your family ministry members, um, what they like, dislike, anything that you want to toss into that soup. Let's
1: go. Great. My my wife, Sarah, and I... Um... She's actually in Nicaragua still with three of our kids. I'm here with our oldest, Micah. Uh, we've been missionaries in Nicaragua for a little over 10 years. Uh, we are missionaries with the Wesleyan Church with global partners. And uh, we, uh, we, we kind of went left for the field with an eight-year-old, a seven-year-old, uh, a five-year-old and a three-year-old. And so uh, we've, we've been overseas that whole time working in a Spanish-speaking culture and uh, we were not Spanish speakers when we left. You weren't Spanish speakers, and now you're fluent in Espanol. Well, well we, fluent is very fluid. so our, our kids are, I would say our kids are, are fluently bilingual. Uh, we, uh, I do much better in Spanish than I do in French anymore, so I, uh, <laughs> I was a C student in French. I'd probably say I'm a good, a solid B plus B+ student in, in Spanish. Hey, that's amazing.
0: I mean, you can, you can claim, to be almost trilingual. That's yeah. <laughs> pretty unique. Well, tell us a little bit uh, about some of your likes and dislikes. Big family, probably lots of different things when it comes to that. Something that would be unique to who you are that some of our, our people would be like, well, that's kind of cool, they're just
1: like me, or hey, that makes them really kind of fun and unique. Well, we've done a little bit of, uh, as a family, we've done a little bit of, you know, different things as educators, uh, like we our kids started out in homeschool Uh, they then transitioned and did half day in in public school then they did uh homeschool a little bit and they've actually now switched over to be a spanish-speaking uh student so they uh they study completely in spanish overseas Uh, as a family we like to play board games uh we like to watch movies uh our 15 year old son plays video games probably like a lot of yours uh, and then mm-hmm. we have, uh, we, 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 enjoy getting out. We like, uh, exploring, we enjoy to hike, uh, we enjoy visiting new, new countries. And, uh, and we, you know, we've been in Nicaragua, we've explored just about every corner of Nicaragua, visiting small towns, getting to know people in, in small communities, big communities, uh, enjoyed trying new foods. And, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of a, a family that likes, likes the new, the novelty likes to see something, uh. Uh, brand new. So that's exciting. Learning new things, getting to know new
0: things and having new experiences. I mean, that seems like a tailor-made recipe for missionaries. Um, Tell me a little bit more about your decision to become missionaries. How did that journey start 10 years in, you know?
1: Yeah. So I grew up in Eastern Ontario. I did not go to uh, a I was not in a Christian family. I did not go to church growing up. Uh, when I was 16, I went to uh, a giant youth rally in Toronto, and that was the first time I had actually ever heard of a missionary. Uh, they had a guy up on the, on the this picture up on a screen uh, in a, a giant uh, uh, community center, and uh, they said he's, he's from Russia or he's in Russia being a missionary. And I was like, I don't know what that is. Uh, church was still pretty new to me. And uh, so kind of like maybe some of you, maybe not knowing much about missions or missionaries and hearing from a missionary. And I thought, wow, that's really neat that he's gone somewhere else uh, to serve people. And so at that time I was like, okay, that's really great. But I didn't really understand that he was going to serve people in the name of God and and basically to, you know, be Jesus uh, to people that may have not known Jesus or did not know much about Jesus as well. And so uh, so I, when I was just a young person in Ontario, that was when I first heard about missions, kind of had that on the back burner for a little while. I became a Christian as a late teen, and uh, I ended up, uh, you know, going to university, finding out more about, uh, you know, serving. I uh, wanted to kind of dedicate my life to serving God and uh, kind of, like you said, you know, meet that in my exploratory heart. Put together kind of added up to becoming a missionary my wife sarah was a little different when she was five uh she was in the old school missionary presentation where they had the uh the projector and the slides and you know every slide she was ooing and aahing and uh the missionary lady asked them would any of you want to be a missionary and sarah said i do i do and she had her hand raised and so so from a very young age she wanted to be a missionary At a little bit older age i uh I wanted to become a missionary. We met in college, and uh, while we were there, she said, you know, I'm going to be a missionary, and, you know, if, if you're not going to be a missionary too, then, you know, maybe we should go our separate ways, but we didn't. Uh, we chose one path, and we chose one way, and uh, we're serving God overseas today. That's
0: really cool. So from five years old or even 16 years old, you know, God can speak and move and stitch stories together, and I love that piece. What, what about your kids? I mean, your eight-year-old when you moved to Nicaragua probably had a certain level of understanding of what might be happening. And if I remember correctly, your three-year-old, your youngest at the time, was like, "Hey, what's going on?" (laughs) Right? Not as aware. Yeah, walk through that a little bit.
1: So our uh, our eight-year-old, she was just like a a mini a a mini adult, and so maybe like some of your oldest child. She's the classic oldest child, you know, just uh, you know up for anything, really, uh, you know, aware of everything, paying attention. And so actually our first year, we had some pretty difficult moments uh, that, you know, she, she knew what was happening when our other three were kind of oblivious, not really paying much attention. We, we uh, had our house robbed. Uh, my wife was robbed. Uh, had a couple uh, very difficult moments uh, as, as a family. Uh, and so she, she was very, very much aware and paying attention to that. Uh, and today she's you know still that kind of uh, uh, ambitious uh, young lady 18 years old heading off to university and uh, you know we're you know she she kind of had a little bit different path than a Canadian kid her age so where she's you know uh, learning to drive now right before she heads off to university uh, she's learning about banking she's learning about different things like that so we're uh, you know Kind of walking her through that that path to adulthood, kind of in a real quick Cliff Notes version of it. Doing it here in a month before we she heads off to university. Whereas our our three year old, uh, she didn't remember anything about North America. Uh, she she uh, said she was like, oh, I think I know that. I think I remember that. But it was just kind of uh, kind of trying to make herself sound a little bit like more aware. But when she came back to the United States, she was. Uh, uh, the first time when we, we landed on the plane coming back to the US, she uh, put her hands under a hot water sink and she freaked out because she was not aware of that, uh, you know, trying trying new foods and stuff that she had never tried, uh, visiting grandparents in Canada, like, you know, French fries or gravy, she'd never had that before, uh, different things like that. So it's uh, so we had three very kind of somewhat bicultural kids, and then our, our three-year-old, uh, who's now thirteen is much more Nicaraguan than the rest of us. Yeah, that's really cool. And something that
0: probably some of us would have never thought of, like taking hot water for granted, not knowing like, oh, wow, this is a luxury here in North America and something that would be different in the Central America region for sure. Um, Very cool, very interesting. And, man, I really hope that Micah's journey into post-secondary education here in Canada is going to go super, super smoothly, even though the crash course of all the learning speed and getting up to speed is probably a lot having to do with just a short window of time, as you were describing.
1: Absolutely. She's doing real row. Wow. We're proud of her. Very cool.
0: Okay. Here's an out of the box question. And you can answer this Ryan for yourself. And if, if something comes to mind, for any of your other family members, uh, please do so as well. But if you had to swim in a pool filled with something other than water, what would you choose to swim
1: in? Well, I grew up in Cornwall, and Cornwall at that time, I don't think they do it anymore, but they they were known for the, the jelly jump. Uh, so. Okay. Uh, so they would fill up a pool in the in at that time, the East Mall, which are, if some of you know Cornwall, there's a, I think wa- there was a Walmart there and it moved. But uh, mm-hmm. there's like uh, cinemas there now. But uh, that was the big thing. You wanted to do the jelly jump. You wanted to jump in a big pool full of jelly. And uh, believe it or not, I never did it. But uh, they they ended up selling the pool at the end. And my family bought the pool one year. And so we had the jelly jump pool in our backyard in, uh, in Eastern Ontario. And uh, every t- all, the whole time we had it, we could still feel gunky stuff in the bottom of the pool. So good. I hope we got a pretty good discount on it. So jelly is my answer to that one. Jelly is your answer. Wow, okay. Um, off the top of your head,
0: if you had to pick one randomly for another member of your family, would they agree? Doing the jelly
1: jump would be the piece, or would they choose something different? I, I would say they probably pick something different. I'd say my son would probably pick a big pool of soup. He loves soup, uh, which makes okay. him fit in real well in, in Nicaragua. He let, there's always soup available. And the size of the bowls for the soup are about the size of a swimming pool. So they're, they're quite large. Wow. So. Okay. Soup and jelly, love it. We
0: just love to get to know you a little bit. This helps us know what we can do. We're going to send you soup. We're going to send you jelly <laughs> and make it feel like uh, we're, we're journeying with you into this process. Um, what currently is
1: exciting you the most about following Jesus? We, uh, we are excited about watching kind of our, our, our leaders in Nicaragua uh, reaching to new parts of Nicaragua. And so you know, these are people that you know. Some of them were saved through ministries of the of the church in in uh, in Nicaragua. That you know, some of that goes back uh, maybe seventy years when was when some of the first missionaries were kind of like setting foot there uh, as uh, you know uh, reaching out like kind of Methodist missionaries. Uh, they they uh, are now people that are going six hours away to another community that has no church, and they are saying, hey, we're going to move there. Uh, we want to plant a church uh, in a community that doesn't have uh, you know, the church uh, type of church that I'm used to or that teaches about Jesus, teaches from the Bible, teaches about the Bible. Um, and so we're starting to see a lot of these people, some of them are retirees uh, in their 60s or in their 70s, and they're saying, you know, I want to go out and be a missionary. And these are our national Nicaraguan pastors. And so uh, we're also seeing that some of our our leaders get excited about missions trips, uh, going out to even further parts of the country or to uh, neighboring countries uh, and getting excited about serving people uh, for Christ. And uh, some of that was done this year with uh, uh, Hurricane Relief. We, we brought out three different teams of Nicaraguans that went out and built houses for uh, people that were from indigenous communities on the East Coast of Nicaragua that had their homes destroyed from hurricanes. Um, and then we've brought some young people up to Honduras. Uh, so we're excited to, to watch our our Nicaraguans get excited about uh, ministry, being a part of ministry. It's not just, you know, uh, a receiving country where, you know, the North American missionaries are going to them. Uh, they're Nicaraguans going out to other countries and going out to other parts of their country as well. So uh, I'm excited that God's, putting that, that desire in people's lives and in their hearts and uh, making them excited about uh, what can be done, what they can do. And uh, hopefully that's only gonna expand.
0: That's really, really cool. Uh, I think for some of us who are listening to this, we might be struggling a little bit with our geography. And so okay. let's do a little bit of a crash course for those of us who are listening and trying to put our, our heads together about Nicaragua what can you tell us about like where it's situated and what makes it unique in terms of the other Latin
1: American countries that surround it? Oh yeah. I love talking about Nicaragua. We, we actually really enjoy when, when people come down uh, to see the country, we get to talk about a little bit about the history, talk about the geography, show them around. Uh, and so I, I, hopefully we'll, we'll do a good job uh, talking about it as well, not just showing, uh, but so we have uh, Canada the United States, Mexico. Those are the easy ones to remember. Underneath Mexico, you have Guatemala. And below Guatemala, you have Honduras. Uh, those are the central, the first Central American countries you'll come to. You also see Belize, but you don't have to go there to get to Nicaragua. Uh, below Honduras is Nicaragua. Nicaragua is the triangle-shaped country in Central America. It's the largest of the Central, the seven Central American countries, uh, but it's the most sparsely populated. Uh, country in Central America as well. There's about 6 million people that live in, in Nicaragua. Uh, it is above Costa Rica, and a lot of you may have been there or heard about going there, family member going to Costa Rica. Uh, we're right above Costa Rica, and a lot of Nicaraguans actually go to Costa Rica for work, and so a lot of the people that work in Costa Rica are Nicaraguan born. And then you have the the last country in Central America, which is Panama. Panama is the, the long, skinny one that connects to South America. So um, so Nicaragua is, um, it was, uh, founded in the 1500s, about 1521 was the first founding of a city in Nicaragua. And, uh, that was in Granada, Nicaragua, and that's a colonial city. And, uh, from there, the Spanish basically populated the Pacific side of of Nicaragua and the Atlantic side was actually populated by uh, the British. It was a British colony. It was at one point called British Honduras. And uh, that lasted until about the late 1800s. And that's when Nicaragua basically claimed the whole territory for itself. And so you have some different tribal groups that are still in the Eastern side of Nicaragua. Um, They speak some different languages other than Spanish. And then you have a small section um, uh, on the, Atlantic side that still has some remnant of the British colony where they speak English still. And it's an English Creole. So there's a little bit of Spanish put in there, but it's mostly English. Uh, Usually we don't understand them. But they understand everything we say, whether we're Spanish speaking or English speaking. That's really cool. It
0: makes it quite a unique country and experience. So friends, I'm sure some of them hopped onto Google Maps while they're listening to this. And they're like, Oh, wow, that's exactly where I thought it was. And uh, some of them are like, I didn't know it was there. So it's really cool for them to be able to hearing about that. Um, how could we be partnering with you as missionaries in prayer right now as a supporting church family?
1: Yeah. So as a family, uh, personally, we, we'd love for you to be praying for us as parents uh, We not only have Micah, our oldest daughter, leaving for university, but we have our second daughter that will be finishing up school here in December. Uh, She'll be graduating, because the school year actually in Nicaragua runs from February to November, and then the graduations happen in December, uh, which is a little bit different than Canada. So she'll finish here, uh, and then she'll be going probably up to university starting in January. So we'll have two leaving in a matter of five months. So as parents, that's uh, a big step. but we're, we're excited. Both of them are great students. Uh, they'll hopefully be, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be great, uh, representatives, uh, when they head off to the different univers the respective universities as well. So, um, and then another prayer request we have for, for missions, uh, in Nicaragua is one of the things we've been kind of dreaming of is seeing more people, uh, go to the field. And so seeing more people, uh, being sent, uh, maybe from Canada or from maybe a Spanish speaking country, but seeing more people come to join the team in Nicaragua uh, because they, they're on fire for church planning. They're on fire fire for ministry. uh, And we want to see kind of a a bigger uh, uh, team that can bring more gifts and strengths and uh, kind of just their presence to Nicaragua. So uh, be praying for people that, uh, you know, might feel called to missions, might feel called specifically to Latin America, uh, maybe specifically to Nicaragua as well. So uh, those are a couple of our, our big prayer quests. And then um, just as well as we as we continue to expand in Nicaragua that uh, God will guide that. Uh, we have a couple of leaders that um, are church planning right now. And uh, it's exciting to watch them because they, like I said, they like to look for the places where there's no, uh, no churches. And so uh, you'll see like new subdivisions that pop up. And I use that really loosely that term Uh, subdivision in Nicaragua is not kind of like the new subdivision in in Ontario where it's like, Oh, those are nice, great houses. Uh, Usually they're made out of tin, scrap wood, cardboard, maybe even tarps. And so uh, we're reaching out to communities of marginalized people uh, to, to see them uh, learn more about uh, Jesus, learn about the Bible. One of our leaders Osman I was with him the week before I left to come back to Canada and uh, he was you know teaching people the very basics of the Bible because they'd never heard them before so Uh, so pray for leaders like Osman uh, and uh, the the other people we have working down there just as they reach out to these towns let let God kind of guide us and direct us to where we need to go next.
0: Those are great prayer requests. Sea uh, Rotors, as we're listening to this, let's make sure that we are keeping the oldest two Schmidt's daughters in prayer as they dive into their post-secondary education. And then as Ryan has shared with us, just about more workers for the harvest. It's awesome to hear stories about this multiplication, discipleship movement that's taking root in the country. Uh, you know, individuals from all different backgrounds, all different ages getting involved, seeing The opportunity and the call of the Great Commission is something they could live out in their context and setting is so, so wonderful. Ryan, if there's a way that some of our listeners could stay connected with you or follow what's going on, um, in addition to these periodic updates that we're able to share with them as a church family, what would be the best way for
1: them to go about doing that? We do send out monthly newsletters. And so if you'd like to sign up for those, uh, you can also sign up for our different social media contacts as well at N-I-C-A. So that's Nika, and then Mission, M-I-S. I'm, I'm messing it up. <laughs> I think there's one S, uh, uh, Mission. So it's uh, dot org, uh So that should pop up to our website. Uh, sorry for the, the brain spas <laughs> there, but I'm, I'm uh, so Nika uh has our uh, newsletter sign up as well as our connection for Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, anything like that, uh, as well as a lot more information about Nicaragua as well. There's f- facts about Nicaragua on there. Uh, if you're interested in maybe uh, coming to go uh, like serve an missions team, uh, there's also information what that might imply there, but uh, it there's a lot of information on different cultural differences between Canada and Nicaragua as well, talking about a, a cold climate versus a hot climate. Um, so if you want to learn more about what we do, uh, learn more about the country where we serve, uh, just check out. Everything should be available on that website, nicamission.org.
0: Nicamission.org. Just to reiterate, that is N-I-C-A-M-I-S-S-I-O-N dot o-r-g so we'll also include the link with that to along with this podcast so you can connect on there, there's some cool photos there's some information about Nicaragua, their family, how to support, um, all this good stuff that Ryan and Sarah and their great looking kids have been able to populate over their time since being in country, so thanks so much Ryan for your time today Um, we'll be praying for you for Sarah for the kids for the two girls uh, going into post-secondary and the two kids left at home with all <laughs> mom and
1: dad all by themselves which is it'd probably be a, a blessing and a prayer request for them as well for sure I, I'm gonna blame the bilingualism on that usually you don't double s on in Spanish and then <laughs> so I was like am I speaking in English or Spanish but spelling that way so so please forgive me on that one but I really appreciate all your time today thanks so much Uh, Sea road we we appreciate your support, your encouragement, your prayers. Uh, You guys are great.
0: Awesome. Well, we are so
1: glad that we are part of
0: the story that God is writing in your family's life. It is a privilege to pray alongside of you and to support you where we are able. So thanks once again. And Sea road family, this is why we are on mission, supporting men and women locally, globally, regionally, everywhere that God sends them to be a part of God's redemption of the world in which we live. So let's keep praying. Let's keep learning. Let's keep leading together.